good morning and welcome to Pause and Pray, a chance just to stop what we're doing, to pause, pray, to reflect on Scripture. And we're continuing our series going through Mark's Gospel. Uh, we're just taking a little bit each week uh, to really delve into it in a bit more depth and see what God has to say to us through this Gospel. So today we're looking at Mark chapter 1 verses 29 to 34. So you might want to get a Bible, make yourself comfortable as we look at through this passage together. So I'm going to read it now. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. Let's we just reflect on this passage. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would speak to our hearts and our minds today as we look at this passage. In Jesus' name, Amen. What's been in this, uh, in the news this past week, uh, queues of people waiting to get vaccines outside uh, the vaccine centres, people having to queue up in the freezing cold. Uh, one of my running routes takes me past one of the vaccine centres in Leighton and I often have to kind of take a, a detour around a large group of people queuing up as I wait to receive their vaccines. It's things like that that make me think perhaps this is what it was like when Jesus was at Peter's, Peter's mother-in-law's house and we had queues of people coming to the house to see Jesus uh, and to see if he would heal them of their various diseases and ailments. And of course you can understand why word about Jesus spread so quickly. In a world before the wonders of modern medicine, before anything like the NHS, before uh, real science was able to understand um, how the body worked uh, in the way that we know now. Sickness presented a real problem uh, and here in Jesus was this person who seemed to possess his power to potentially heal people. Here was the answer to their problems. You can understand why suddenly crowds of people would gather outside the door uh, once they heard that Jesus was able to heal. And of course, the story starts, um, starts with Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law. And this healing takes uh, a typical pattern of the way that Jesus heals. I just want to focus in on it a little bit more detail and have a look. Here we have uh, Simon's, well, Peter, as we know, who uh, was first called Simon, uh, his mother-in-law in bed with a fever. And of course, uh, in those days, the fever could have been very serious. In fact, well, we know, sadly due to COVID, that a fever can result in something very serious. And in those days, particularly without medicine and without um, ways of curing it necessarily, a fever could have been life-threatening. So this is a worrying situation. Uh, and the writer, first of all, describes the situation that is presented. And the disciples immediately go and tell Jesus about this sickness. 
maybe it's because of what they witnessed uh, in the synagogue. We've just heard about the story of in the synagogue where Jesus um, cast out that person with a demon. The disciples, perhaps they see in Jesus a power at work and they think, well, perhaps Jesus could come and heal my mother-in-law. And so they place before Jesus the problem that they have, this situation of need. Something quite basic, but also an important reminder. A reminder to us that, that when something is wrong, when we have need, you know, it's really important to place that before Jesus. And the disciples had this situation, this problem, and they immediately made Jesus aware of it. And then the way Jesus heals uh, Simon's mother-in-law follows this familiar pattern. Jesus came and took her by the hand uh, and lifted her up. And so much of Jesus' healing involves touch. If you read some of the other healing stories in the Gospels, whether it's uh, touching a man's ear who was deaf, whether it is uh, reaching out and lifting up the girl who had died and raising her up, whether it was uh, putting his hands over a blind person's eyes. So much of Jesus' healing involved touch, so much so that the woman uh, who had years and years of hemorrhaging just wanted to touch the hem of his cloak, uh, thinking that, that if I just touch Jesus, he will, might be able to heal me. Shows how touch was so important, not exclusively so, but uh, with Jesus, with many of his healings, it involved touch. And Jesus reached out his hand and we're told he lifted up uh, Simon's mother-in-law. Actually, the word in Greek uh, literally means to raise up. He raised her up. And it's the same word that Jesus, uh, is used when Jesus raises up the little girl who sadly died in chapter 5. That same word is used for Jesus to raise her up. And then, of course, interestingly, importantly, it's the same word that is used to speak of Jesus' resurrection. The choice of words is interesting, uh, and I think it's something that's worth paying attention to. Of course, the Gospel writers didn't just randomly choose any words they wanted. They carefully selected what they wrote. They carefully crafted these Gospels. And here, I believe that they're carefully connecting this healing story to Jesus' resurrection. What they're saying is that it is the same power at work. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work here in this situation with Simon Peter's mother-in-law. This, of course, can be quite helpful, helpful for us when it comes to thinking about our own faith. Because sickness presents us with a, a philosophical problem, if you like, or a theological problem. It presents us with a problem, uh, and it's often one of the questions that people have when they're struggling with faith. How can a good God create a world that has so much sickness and so much disease? That's one question people often have when they're struggling with faith. But another one is, you know, if God does heal, why is it that some people experience healing and others don't? 
That is another question that many people grapple with. That's a question that I've grappled with as I've seen some, uh, in some respects, some fairly minor things prayed for and, uh, and uh, witnessed healing and some much more serious things that we've prayed for and they haven't um, experienced healing. And I've had friends who have had a lot of prayer for healing who've sadly gone on to die. Uh, and I have wrestled with this question. And no doubt lots of people wrestle with it from time to time. But there's also a third philosophical question, which sometimes is a, a stumbling block to, to people. And that is, you know, if God heals, why is it that, that we still have death? Why do people still die? And of course, the people that Jesus healed, all of them still died. Even Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead, that little girl whom he raised from the dead, they still went on and died. Um, we don't quite know how they did, but we know that they didn't live on forever. But I wonder if an answer to this uh, comes back to the way that John's Gospel talks about Jesus's healings. And it is interesting, we thought about this on Sunday um, a couple of weeks ago, that, that John doesn't describe them as miracles, but he calls them signs. And he does so very intentionally. Jesus is healing. Uh, all his healings are signs of God's kingdom. They point us to what the reality is like in God's kingdom. And of course, as we heard a, a few weeks ago, Jesus went about in Galilee preaching the kingdom of God has come near. And so uh, for Mark's gospel, what he is emphasising is that that this kingdom is near and we can see signs of this kingdom in these healings, uh, these stories of healings, these stories of Jesus casting out demons. These are signs of God's kingdom coming near. And this is what it will be like in the kingdom of God. What Mark is also saying is that that same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in these healings and that resurrection power will eventually restore all things as in the those wonderful well-known words from revelation chapter 21 uh, where uh, john writes in his vision god saying see i am making all things new so what about healing today does God heal today? Well, yes, I believe God does heal today. Should we pray for healing? Absolutely. Does God heal every time? Well, the answer is no. Uh, that's my experience and I would love to know all the answers, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't heal. Uh, it doesn't mean we shouldn't pray for healing, but uh, what we need to hold into perspective is the bigger picture and the bigger picture is of God eventually restoring all things there's that resurrection on the last day when he will raise us up and he will make all things new and so these healing stories are set within this bigger picture and I think the words that the gospel writers use are carefully chosen to remind us of this bigger picture. 
But back to the passage. Jesus raised up Peter's, uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law, uh, raised her up, and we're told the fever left her. It's interesting, again, that's uh, the way that they describe a fever as something which, which went. Uh, a bit like how the demons, those who were demon-possessed, the demons left them. Uh, what is interesting in this passage is that uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law immediately gets up and starts serving them. Um, which perhaps that's an indication of uh, how well she had been made immediately. Um, interestingly, it's uh, interesting to note that at this stage, it is still the Sabbath. Uh, we're still in the Sabbath. And just a few moments earlier, we read that Jesus and his disciples were in the synagogue. Uh, and of course, on the Sabbath, people weren't supposed to do anything. They weren't supposed to work. Which is why all the crowds came at sunset uh, once the Sabbath was over. That's why they waited till sunset so that they could then come to the door and they wouldn't be breaking the Sabbath regulations. But here Jesus doesn't seem to pay attention to that. Just like when he healed the, the person who was demon-possessed in the synagogue and later on healed the person with a withered hand. Here we have Simon Peter's mother-in-law also immediately getting up and serving them. Maybe it was to finish the Sabbath preparations. I think perhaps also it's an indication that for her, she realised that Jesus was Lord of the Sabbath. And... It is a sign of discipleship. It's a sign of true discipleship that she went and immediately started ministering to them. Uh, that's the word that the Greek uses, the word to minister. Uh, interestingly, it was the women that often ministered to Jesus. It was the women who stayed with Jesus right to the end, right to his crucifixion. Mark, I think, is giving us an illustration of, of what true discipleship looks like. And it involves ministry, but it also involves recognising Jesus's lordship. I think both these little things point us to that reality. And then, of course, as we carry on reading, word quickly spreads and crowds gather at the house. An interesting uh, Peter's mother-in-law is serving Jesus uh, and ministering to them. Her place of home then becomes a place of ministry to the general public. It becomes almost a public hospital where the whole city gather and they bring before Jesus various sicknesses and he casts out people who are demon-possessed. I'm not going to go into that uh, today. That's for another week. Um, but again, it illustrates what true discipleship looks like. It is one of service, one of service to Jesus, and then one of service to the wider world. It's model discipleship. Uh, and it is a wonderful example and reminder of what the kingdom of God looks like. Uh, and we're reminded, we're invited as the disciples did, to place before Jesus, immediately place before Jesus, the concerns that we have, the burdens that we're carrying, the anxieties that we have, the, the needs that we uh, uh, have that need to be met. Place them before Jesus, just as his disciples did. 
Uh, and so let's just do this right now in this moment of quiet uh, and then I'll pray. Lord, we bring before you uh, all the situations that are particularly on our hearts and our minds today. We thank you for this story of your healing power and your healing power that is still at work today and that will eventually restore the whole world and renew all things. And in this particularly a difficult season where we're hearing stories of sickness every day in the news. We pray for your healing power at work in our world, in the lives of those we know who need your healing power. And we pray that you would uh, help us renew our faith and our trust in you and our hope in the resurrection of all things in the new heaven and the new earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.